Hello, my name is Grace Cho. Today we are with Mark Golden of Golden Paints. Golden Artist Colors began in June of 1980. The company received many local and national awards. Golden Artist Colors was featured on the NBC Nightly News as a successful small business. Mark Golden was selected by Fortune Magazine to appear in a video series on small business. Thank you, Mark, for joining us today. Thank you, Grace. I'm delighted to be here. It is such a thrill and an honor to be speaking with you. Were you always interested in art or in small business ownership? How did the arts come into your life? I was always surrounded by paintings. I thought everyone was surrounded by paintings. We had paintings throughout our house that my father had collected during his 40-year career. So we had paintings in the house, paintings in the basement, paintings throughout, and all sorts of experiments that my dad was doing in the basement. Business, no. Uh, my dad did approach me as I was younger and thinking about college and asked if it was something that I wanted to do. I didn't have any desire to go into business. I thought that was the least creative thing anyone could possibly do. Uh, I, I wanted to explore the sciences and be able to uh, go to graduate school in, in that space. My dad called up. It was really through the kind of inspiration of my mother. He had sold his part of the business back in 1972, Bocor Artist Colors. He bought a, a farm in upstate New York started as a kind of a gentleman farmer, and he was a horrible farmer. I think my mom recognized that he was getting old and waking up late, not feeling well, and kind of lost the zest for life. Uh, I don't think any of us realized that he was so passionate about making materials for arts, for artists. I thought it was more about being a businessman, but he really was so involved in the process of working with artists, and that's what he loved. So when he called me up, in 1979, said he was interested in, in making paint again. I know it was for my mom convincing him to, to do something again. So at the age of 67, we started the Golden, Golden Artist Colors. That's an incredible story. Why are the arts important to you? I think the most exciting part about this business is realizing how creative business can be. I got to learn from colleagues in, in the field when I had the chance to go to Washington and and be part of a, a group that met with businesses that were about social responsibility. So I got to meet Ben and Jerry and, and Gary Hirschberg from Stonyfield Farms and saw that business could be something very different and not just about chasing profit, that we could make a difference. And I get to work with the most creative people in the world every day. How did you learn the business skills and training required to run a small business? I learned by pure paranoia, Grace. In college, I, I started off as washing dishes and then eventually a cook and then managing the restaurants. That was my uh, business experience. So for the first year, I lost most of his money. The second year was about the same. We were continuing to grow. And although I go home in tears sometimes thinking that I've just undone all of my siblings' inheritance and my parents are going to be living on social security it was their inspiration set they were so excited to be doing this thing that it gave me the courage to keep going but for the next five years i continued to lose money they sold the home they had in florida keep things going they remortgaged the farm up here they sold off every painting that they had of any value at christie's or sotheby's and we borrowed from friends and relatives and then visa and mastercard and 
kept this thing going. Um, it wasn't until year seven that we were able to actually turn a profit. It was clearly their inspiration and their excitement. People have asked me, when did we know that Golden Hours College was going to be successful? And I have to tell you, it was not because we made money. It was the first day that paint came off the mill. If you ever seen paint coming from a mill, it really is beautiful to see these brilliant colors. And all of a sudden, my dad's eyes just sparkled. And it was knowing that he was doing something again that he truly, truly loved. Well, now that you've done this business for a long time, you've certainly learned a lot of things. What can you share in terms of the essential skills that a small business owner in a creative industry need to know? I think it's basic business. It was first delighting the customer. And I had delightful customers that I worked with. I had a list of 16 artists and I visited those artists and I'd drop off paint and say, if you like to paint, give me some names of other people so I didn't have to cold call sales. And if you don't like it, uh, I'll be back next week and we'll make whatever you want. So what do you mean? It's like I have this guy who's been making paint for 40 years. We'll make whatever you want. It was about listening to what artists needed. By being able to listen to artists and their needs, uh, they've created pretty much every product we've ever made. We started off with 32 colors, two mediums, and now there's uh, over 140 colors. Uh, there's seven different brands of acrylic professional. So every week I'd go down and visit artists in Manhattan. What a thrill to be delivering paint to some of my heroes, uh, be able to go to their studios and see what they were doing and be invited in as a, a guest, very different as a paint maker from maybe a, another artist going to visit, uh, visit these studios. So the first is uh, to like the customer. Then as we grew, we had employees and it was recognizing the responsibility we had to the people that were working here to, uh, if you want them to act like owners, to treat them like the owners and to make sure there's opportunities for growth, for rewards. And they're the folks that really created the company. First year we made a profit, 1987, we started a profit sharing program. And that's a concept that's really enriched the company, the sense of ownership and accountability of everybody to making something special happen. This is the third lesson I learned. So here we have a company, a wonderful story of people in their late 60s, now they're in their 70s, starting a business and working with creative artists, story about employees becoming part of this of this company. 1996, I won this award for small business person of New York State. This is from a person who didn't want to go into business at all. And I thought, how, how wonderful that is. So my accountant said, are you running a business or a hobby? I said, Michael, I just, I just won this award for New York State. You know, what do you mean? He said, well, um, you really aren't watching your profitability and you're not watching your, your growth. And, uh, he was right. And in that year, we hired a controller. What I think every successful business really needs, take care of the people who are delighting your customer, your employees, watch your profitability and your growth. Because without that, you can't provide better benefits, better salaries, and you can't continue to delight your customers. I grew up from being a, a hippie to understanding that profit is okay, as long as we use it in a way that supports the community. Basically, what you're saying is focus on the people within your organization as well as the folks who are customers. And that's been the core of your success. 
I really believe that we are responsible to stakeholders, all the stakeholders of the organization. That certainly includes the employees. It absolutely includes the customers. It includes all the other people. It includes our local community. It's a simple idea and I think pretty basic. It's a philosophy. It's a mission of the company to stay grounded. Were there particular challenges and opportunities that you faced as a result of taking over a small family business? Actually, there wasn't a business before we started in the barn. I'm 26 years old, president of the company, and losing all their money. The challenges really were, how do we grow this thing? We didn't have money for colored labels. And we said, what are we going to do? So we hand-painted all the labels. We couldn't afford a printed color chart, so we hand-painted our color charts. It's not easy to hand-paint all of these things, but it's become a symbol of the company. So we now hand-paint over 2 million labels and 60,000 color charts. There's a whole team of, of 10 people that do all the hand-done items. So we've maintained these black and white labels and continue to hand-stripe them. Yeah, I actually love that story. It started out as a necessity and now it's become a trademark for the company. You've mentioned product expansion, focus on the customer, so employee focus. Were there other things that you particularly focused on as president of the company to encourage growth? So much of it was because I was a science geek. Part of it was uh, really spending a lot of time in the lab and growing the lab. So that's been a real source of innovation. When we first started doing custom work, it was thought of, oh, that's really good. But when they get bigger, they're not going to be able to do that because it's, it's not going to be cost effective. We now have 22 people in our lab, and many of them are devoted to making custom materials for artists. So we continue to work with artists and museums around the world doing custom projects between 200 and 300 projects per year. And most of them are just one-offs, a, a certain color that an artist wants or a certain finish. But some of them become things that we say, oh, this might be really useful. I remember in our beginning, Al Held couldn't stand the glossy look of our color or that they were uneven. Some were glossy, some were matte. And so we said, well, we'll make you a matte line of colors that just started out for just him and eventually became a matte line of paint. And we found that artists understood the differences that they wanted to create. And it was recognizing that it was really through the artists that we worked with that they created the kinds of products that were really needed. Staying very close to the market is so important in any business, but you've certainly proven that it is absolutely essential with the arts. After 10 years of going down to the city every week, the business was growing and I couldn't make those trips. And so we hired a, an artist to be on the phone, to be able to answer questions from artists. There was a, a situation in our industry where companies had to put the poison control number on all the labels to make sure that if they had an incident of drinking or eating or whatever, or the dog ate the materials, that there was a number to call so they could get safe information. Companies were in arms about that. They said, we don't want to put our numbers on the labels because people will call. And for me, it was just like a, a bell ringing saying, oh, that's exactly what we'd like. We'd love people to call. And so we put our number on every label. And then we started hiring more artists. Uh, we're up to about seven artists that respond to close to 14,000 emails and phone calls a year, assisting with different issues that they face, problems, concerns, new products whatever it might be, but it's been such a delight to hear from so many artists about 
what they want and what they want to see. So it continues that kind of dialogue with the arts community of what the next thing might be, what the next product might be. I first learned about Golden Paints a few years ago when you were focusing on sustainability. I was very curious to learn more about that. How did you come upon that focus? We're not in a location that would have been typical for manufacturing of artist materials. We're on a farm. And it meant that our water was coming from wells. There was no septic system where we could just simply use a municipal uh, sewer system to be able to take care of our waste. So every bit had to be taken care of by us. It was a recognition, actually by one of our employees, Ben Gavitt, starting in the lab. He was a, a member of uh, Sierra Club and several environmental groups. And he said, I, I think we can do better with our waste products and making sure the environment is safe here. And I said, you know what? Why don't you take the reins, however good we get, we'll take your lead on what we need to do. He created an incredible sustainability program for us in terms of our waste product, in terms of how we deal with all of those issues of being a manufacturer, creating waste streams for all of our recycled products, um, and also developing systems to be able to, not just for us to recycle our, our materials, we now have a system that was developed in conjunction with New York State to assist us in reclaiming most of the water that we reuse. So 75% of the water that we use is recycled into throughout the shop. But all of it was done on the auspices of Ben recognizing that we could be better. Outstanding. How does Golden support and sustain artists' careers? You've talked to, about emerging artists all the way through to high professionals. How have you supported them and advocated for the arts? After we became a majority ESOP employee-owned company, we asked the staff if we could reshape the vision of the company. So we met with staff. We interviewed all 150 staff members and asked them what was important to them. What did they dream about? What would they like to say about Golden Artist Colors 10 years into the future? And then we brought together artists, our suppliers, art retailers, and our local community, including nonprofits, our government sector, schools, et cetera, to talk about our local neighbors, to talk about what do they think Golden Artist Colors should be in the future. And it helped us craft a vision that is audacious and wonderful of being a catalyst, bridging creative communities and inspiring positive global change through the arts, recognizing that we do have a voice. We are not the change agents. It's really the artists that we work with that are really the change agents, and how can we support them? There is a maximum that the government suggests you can have as your philanthropic budget, as your donation budget, is 10% of your net profits. Golden Artist Colors, since 1987, when we were profitable, was able to donate to art groups and local groups 10% of our net profit to sustain the community of artists and our, and our local community. So as artists reach out and are doing community events or supporting, there's a lot of paint donated because they're making change happen. So we've been so inspired by the kinds of things that we've been able to get involved with just by getting them the paint that they need to make a difference. We also have a program of about 200 artist educators around the world. They already are doing workshops 
like we said, since you're already doing workshops, we will support you with uh, all the materials. So the company's largest marketing is not through advertising. We believe we can teach through artists and providing them value as well uh, to continue to grow. In 1997, after my dad passed away, the family started a foundation. My wife and I started construction on a artist residency of farm next to the factory that we purchased in 2002 and uh, started to renovate this old 10,000 square foot farm into artist space and studios. We got to understand the value of artist residency to give artists time, space, and the freedom to be able to work in materials. Those are great programs. Very, very impressive. What advice do you give to artists as they're trying to build a brand, they're trying to sell, they're trying to build businesses? I think it's to recognize what your core is. What is your purpose? What do you have to offer? I think for us, it's always been recognized, not what your problems are, but what is your potential? What is the thing that you do really well? And to maximize that, spend the time on the strengths that you have. Outstanding. Well, Mark, thank you so much for sharing the story about the legacy that your parents left behind and how you stay true to the core philosophy. Thanks, Grace. This is Grace Cho, entrepreneur. We help creative succeed. Thank you.